Welcome back to Bible study, to Paul's letter to the Galatian church. And I'm joined by Mr. John Campbell. And is it the Reverend? No, the very Reverend, me. the Venerable Derek Walker. <laughs> really good to be back. We're, we're in Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to re-read a few of the verses that we had from last week. I'm going to read and Derek will pray. Thank you. So Galatians 3, chapter 10, uh, sorry, Galatians 3, verse 10. Uh, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Lord, thank you for bringing us together around your word. And we thank you for this vision of Christ that on the cross he took our sin and our curse, that we might be redeemed, that we might be released into the blessing of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you make it real to us and what it means for our life. Thank you, Lord, that you took the penalty and you took the curse, that we might have joy and freedom and, and know you. So, Lord, open these things up to us in a fresh way, a new way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I borrowed Derek's Bible, so that's why I hand it back. Uh, because I've got the wrong version. <laughs> um, so we, you know, have Paul quoting from Deuteronomy in this um, passage. And just a, just a, a sort of refresh, Paul was a very learned man. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's no more it's mean feat to, to find yes. and read and memorise verses from a scroll. A learned man, a learned man. Where do we start? We started in verse 10, but really we, we covered last week, didn't we? we? We got through... Well, we could just recap... Let's do that. ...his thought, because yeah, I think we're really heading towards, you know, these big verses, the yeah. uh, 13 and 14. Yeah. But I suppose it would help just to qu do a quick recap of what, what he's saying here. In a sense, he's saying that there are two kinds of religion, you know. There is God's religion, which is of grace, through, through the promise uh, that he gave to Abraham and, and that was fulfilled by Christ. And then we've got the, the religion of the legalists, which is the alternative religion, mm. you might say, mm. which is salvation by works, by keeping the law. Mm. And, and Paul is contrasting those two. And, and for instance, in verse 10, he says, as, as many as are of the works of the law. If you're going to follow this religion of trying to save yourself mm. by keeping the law, 
he says, you're under the curse. Mm. For there's one of his quotes now from Deuteronomy 27, 26. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So in other words, if you're going to do this method of the law, you better be perfect all the time. Mm. And now the interesting thing is. is, so that is the predominant religion around the world, isn't it? In yes. its various and forms. Yes. It is you know, work out, you know, work it all out yourself. Which includes, righteousness. which includes Christendom, I might add. Correct. So right across all religions, really, and, yeah. and the sort of, you know, works-based Christendom. Yes. And it fails on two, two major reasons. One is it doesn't understand the nature of man, that he is a sinner, mm. and therefore he could never even keep his own standard. But even more so, it misunderstands the nature of God who is absolute perfection. Mm. So the idea is, well, as long as I try hard enough, as long as I'm sincere, as long as I kind of do better than most others, yeah. then God will accept me, not understanding that God is absolute perfection, God's absolute righteousness. Mm. So because of man's sin and God's perfection, the, the attempt to climb this, the ladder to heaven is utterly yeah, foolish yeah. and uh, delusional. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but there is that sort of, that nagging, because everyone has a conscience and everyone knows deep down that it's a bit of a charade yes. that you can actually work your way to heaven. Unless, of course, you get yourself into a religious yeah, I, mantra I, that, that I, I think, where you eventually believe it. Well, I think that's what most people do, Tim, to be mm. candid. I, I think they, they're worried that they're not going to work their, self in, their way into heaven, but they believe that it is possible, except for them. It's, in, it's impossible for them because they know themselves yeah. and they know they're always going to fall short. It, it's a terrible, terrible lie. Um, unfortunately, you know, from the moment we're born and we start to be disciplined as babies and told not to cry and not to suck our thumbs and not do all these other things, we are legalized, if you want. Mm. We, we are brought up in a system of legalism where we're taught there's no such thing as a free lunch. And if something is too good to be true, it's probably, it probably isn't true. Mm. And, and, you know, one can become very cynical about these things, but, but, but you know, to, 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 redeploy those, to redeploy those rather inadequate sayings, this is a free lunch, and it is true. Mm. It, it's extraordinary. Mm. Um, and liberating. And, so uh, totally, totally, totally liberating. And, and, and I'm sure as we go on uh, uh, today and, and possibly next week and the week after, yeah. Um, really digging into what, is, what has happened here uh, when we get down to uh, verses 13 and 14 and mm. what happened at the cross, to, what really happened at the cross. Mm. Uh, people accept the cross, they accept the crucifixion, they believe their sins were forgiven, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. But we need to understand what happened there. If, unless you understand it, you'll always be flaky. Yeah. Always be flaky on this issue. Mm. And I, I was reminded as, uh, 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 as you were reading where it, it's a slightly different application, but I, I, I believe it's, it isn't different really. Where in, in, in Leviticus, I think it's 1919, within that verse, they're told not to wear a mixture of linen and wool. Mm. God hates mixtures. If we see that you know that, that the, the high priest was dressed, I think with Joshua was it in the in, in Isaiah's vision? Have I got it right? Yeah. Was dressed in this white linen. That's the robe of righteousness. You can't wear wool, which must by default represent uh, the law. You cannot come before God wearing linen and wool. Yeah. He ab yeah. ab 
can't stand a mixture. And he makes that really clear. You've got to get rid of the wool. Principle. Just come wearing Principle. linen. Yeah. yeah. The law and grace are mutually exclusive. Mutually exclusive. As far as yeah. salvation is concerned. Yeah. 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 So that's that's really important. We've said that a couple of times in in recent weeks. But yeah. but yeah. So someone is is delusional. You mentioned, but but it's a really big leap, isn't it, to go f if you are in a, a, a delusion to then realize there's something better. Yes, I mean, for a lot of people, you know, there is no other way, you know. Yeah. There is a way that seems right to man, yeah. but the w end thereof are the ways of death. Mm. But a man in his thinking might, might think, with, if he hasn't heard the gospel, would assume that there is no other way, so all I can do is do my best and mm. hope that that's somehow going to work. Um, and of course, it can't work, but, uh, and, but that's what the purpose of the law was, actually. Uh, it's interesting in verse 10, it talks mm. about cursed is everyone. Yes. And of course, we need to understand what that word curse is because, as we're going to find out, Jesus took our curse. Yeah. So clearly, the, the law does, God gave the law, it does serve a purpose, but it cannot save you. Yeah. And we're going to see, you know, that the purpose of the law was to actually reveal sin reveal sure. that we cannot save ourselves. That's right. And w what it did as well is not only reveal that we're, we all sin, that we fall short of God's standard, but also that when we sin, God is righteous and he must punish that sin. In other words, there is a judgment um, that comes upon us because of our sin. Mm. And that's th the curse. The curse is the penalty of sin and the consequences of sin yeah. And God uses the law not to show that we've sinned and also that that sin makes us a candidate for judgment, mm. for the penalty of so sin. So that's the big curse, but there is a kind of curse in being on a kind of conveyor belt to nowhere. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's quite a miserable yeah. prospect. Yes, I think you there are many facets to this, this So curse. we say delusional, but I mean, it's tragic. That Change humanity yeah. Yeah. is. When I, when I say delusion, no, I, I agree didn't with mean it. To, no, know, I think that's the tragedy: is the delusion. It is a spiritual yeah. deception to yeah. think that you, we could possibly be good enough yeah. for a holy, righteous God. Mm. Um, the curse, in a sense, has two aspects. One is it's God's condemnation of us, that that we are condemned, that we are rejected by God because of our sin. And if it wasn't for Christ, that would be our fate. Yeah. And secondly, the curse is the opposite of, the, of life. It's separation from the life of God. Mm. So being under the curse means we're condemned by God, but also we're cut off from the life of God, mm. which, or another word for that is death. Physical death and eternal death. Mm. So the curse is something terrible. And the law serves a purpose of revealing that yeah. sin and the curse to yeah. us yeah to make us realize what a mess we're in so that when we hear the gospel of grace, we'll cling yeah. to Christ and we'll cling to his cross with yeah. all his heart. So the law is of God and it has a purpose, but it, it is not to save us. No. no, no. And it has no purpose in, in the life of the redeemed soul. It absolutely does not because the curse has a voice and, and, and we, we all know that voice. And that's when you, when you do something you know you shouldn't have done, the law rises up on its back legs and barks at you mm. and condemns you and, and makes you feel dreadful. Yeah. Uh, what 
the redeemed soul who understands this needs to turn around and rebuke it. Say, you no longer have a place in my life. So that's a curse. The very fact you feel condemned and convicted is yeah. part of the manifestation of the curse. But it's, it's there because you're ignorant. It's there because you don't understand what has happened to you. Mm. This is why it is so important. Yeah. Um, you know, people think that that, 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 that feeling, that, that, that it's quite different from the Holy Spirit saying, you really shouldn't have said that. Yes. Or you know you shouldn't have done yeah. that, go and put it right. Mm. That is not the same thing at all. Uh, it's not licensed to sin no. No. at all. Mm. But, but there's nothing gentle yeah. about the, the condemnation of the law. It's violent and we've all experienced it. And, and it, it, the, the louder it is, the less you really understand so, your position. So I just want to unpack, um, I, I, there's a, that we've got a big discussion on, on how the believer, the redeemed views it. I'm, I'm thinking of those who don't know the Lord, um, who are under the same curse, but they're, they're, they're also so, sort of cursed in that they don't... Um, they, the conscience... See, there's something about the law for someone that doesn't know the, um, the Lord, that isn't redeemed, that should trigger a conscience that leads someone to repentance. Yes. So it's serving a purpose there, as it were, making conscious of sin to then um, do something about it. Mm. And you're greatly cursed if you don't respond to that yes. voice. Not, it, yes. it, it, it is like the Holy Spirit speaking to say this, you know, you've got a moral conscience and just try, I'm trying to think of, as it were, the great Romans unwashed one and two, isn't it? <laughs> um, who are out there yeah. um, and how to get the message to them, to, to, to awaken the conscience. You know, and, and all they've got really is what we, we are offering them, which I, is the I law think, of God. I think yeah. today there is a huge problem. I think consciences have been seared, not only by individuals themselves, by you know, the, the, the films they yeah. watch, the music that they listen to. That's another the curse. The, 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 but they've the also, the conscience. their consciences have been seared by what they're hearing in schools, by what they're being taught, and mm. how they're being taught to think, is actually searing their consciences. Yeah. So when they come up against the goodness of God, yeah. through their conscience, it's no longer able to yeah. react. So we are trying, because we get involved in, in a little way in Christian campaigns, you know, for on moral issues. We are actually, as it were, citing the law to, to remind them this is God's standard. This is wrong, what's happening. Yeah. Um, so we're almost, we almost have to change tack when we come to know the Lord to discover. Yeah, the, the, the law has an evangelistic purpose. That's of, it. Of awakening yeah. man yeah. to his sin yeah. and to the judgment yes. on his sin so that he's prepared, you know, and made aware of his need for yeah. salvation yeah. to prepare him for, for Christ. So historically, God brought in the law for, yeah. for that purpose, yeah. so that to prepare to receive Christ. Because I'm you trying know. to get in my head, there is a curse in not knowing the law at all. Yes. If you don't know the Lord, if you know what I mean. Yes. And then it sort of, uh, it toggles but he, and, but he, and switch he, and inverts to it the law itself being a curse to a, 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 a believer. Are you get following me? Yeah. I is am. it a bit, uh, it's a bit convoluted? Well, the, the law is not a curse as such. No. Um, but 
if you are trying to keep the law, that's it. this external set of requirements, yep. and you're trying to live by keeping this law, yep. you will find yourself coming under a curse. That's it. You know, because you are living on the basis of that, yeah. of your own performance vis-a-vis -vis the law. And that will bring you under a curse. Yeah. The law is good. The law is of God. That's right. But um, trying to live under the law yeah. will bring you under a curse. Yeah. And, and if the curse, you see, is condemnation and death, separation from life, then therefore the blessing, right, That's right. in terms of salvation, is what everyone wants and needs deep down is the opposite of condemnation is justification. And instead of death, life, eternal yeah. life. That's right. The Holy Spirit within yeah. you. So salvation consists of being made righteous by faith and receiving eternal life yeah. and receiving the life of God in us. That's what's called the blessing or the blessing of Abraham, yeah. you see. And so the, the ultimate issue of salvation is the curse versus the blessing. That's right. If you want, there's two ways to try and get that blessing, because mm. everyone wants to be right with God and under the favor of God and in the, experience the life of God. How can you do it? Yeah. Well, you can try doing it by the law, but that is misunderstanding the purpose that God gave the law yeah. to Moses for. Or you can do it God's way, yeah. which is by grace through faith. Once you understand that. That's it. So I'm still trying to establish the fact that we, we're in the paradigm of, of let's say, the, the Hebrew Scriptures. We, we can see a logical sequence. The other worldwide phenomenon is that of re one of relative values, yes. where the law itself is, is not even discernible. No, I, I, I think... Although we, in the heart, of course, yeah, it is. I but, think we but, have to be careful here yeah. because we as Christians are familiar with the law, but the law was given to Israel. It wasn't given yeah. to the world. Yeah. Now, it's still God's standard, mm. but it was given for Israel to live under. And, you know, it tells us why the world is relativistic. That, that the law was 430 years after Abraham. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Abraham wasn't living under law. Yeah. There was no law to accuse him of what he did. Yeah. And so we come back to the conscience, the conscience which is a, 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 a God-given, yeah. whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. a God-given area of our souls, I suppose, yeah. which should re react to, yeah. left to its own devices, will. It'll, it, you know, people, it people, all people recoil at certain yeah. things. That's the conscience working. So I, the trouble is at the more sensitive level, they yeah. tend, it tends not to be quite sufficient these days. So I have a verse ringing in my head from um, uh, Romans 5 that said, before the law was given, sin was in the world. Yes. So this is also the, the background, mm. that sin is there from Adam. Yes. yes before the law was given. And every man knows in his conscience, as John was saying, that he's sinned. Yes. You know, that yeah. God has put that yeah. in, in man's conscience. Yeah. So he's aware of some kind of absolute. And so that's what we're kind of appealing to, you know, in, in the darkened, delusional world. We're appealing to conscience. Mm. Yes, we are. And yes. then and through can... that, steering them to the law and through that, steering them to grace. Well, I, I, yes, I suppose so. I mean, that's the, that's yeah, the way yeah. the Lord did it. It's no good shouting verses from Leviticus because yeah. it'll just fall yeah. on deaf ears. Yeah. But these people need is the gospel. Yeah. And then the Lord will sort out 
yeah. things which, which, which you know, as from his point of view. Yeah. So it's in the heart. It's it's the heart, and I'm. It's you know, it's easy for us to sit here yeah. and condemn others, but we can't because they they don't know what we know. They haven't got that revelation, and so I'm absolutely I'm not yeah. condemning or judging anybody. That's good. That's I'm good. just uh, not. I want to make. That I know clear. you're not. You know what I'm saying. Very clear. It, 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 you're, you're checking on how we should behave. How we should behave. Yes, that. that's what I'm saying. But before yes. you, people have to feel the need for salvation. You yeah. know what I mean? They have yeah. to be aware of yeah. their sin, yeah. and there has to be a turning to Christ for salvation. Mm. I mean, if, if I'm sharing the gospel, I will use what, what's called the bank robber illustration. All right? mm. So I, I agree with John that, you know, it's, it's pointless using Leviticus, as you say, because they, they, they're not going to hear that. No. But everyone has a sense of justice and, and of sin. You just have to use the right example to inspire them. So, for instance, if, I mean, I would put it, this is how I do it, uh, you know, if you just imagine I went in, I make myself the guilty person, you know, I went in and I robbed the bank, you know, and I shoot a few people mm. just to show them that I'm serious. I can I'm imagine, it. I can yeah. imagine it. And, 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 you know, I, I take a million pounds out of mm. that bank. Mm. And, yeah, you know, I've injured and named a few people. Uh, but unfortunately, the cameras caught me. And now I'm standing before the judge. And I say to the judge, Judge, you know, I'm sorry, you know. Uh, and here's some of the money back. I didn't spend it all. And I'm, I am sorry. Please just, you know, acquit me. Let me off, would you? Mm. And then you ask them. You say, well, would you? Do you think the judge should, should let me off? I say, not at all. Because everyone's got this sense of justice that yeah. I've committed a sin and therefore... That requires to be punished, and they, and, and they will say no. If he, if it's a just judge, yeah. he must, you know, punish that sin. Yeah. How much more must the the just judge of the universe punish our sin? Yeah. Because people do have a sense of justice. They they that mm -hmm. establishes the point that you have to separately establish the point again in a way that's relevant for them. Yeah. That they have sinned, mm -hmm. and that if God is just, he must punish that sin. And now they are aware that they can't save themselves. That's and then I think that's necessary preparation for them to, to hear the gospel. Very good. Well, we'll make that the system then, John. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's the, the winning uh, formula. Yes, yes it's um, a good formula. Sorry, I sort of threw it up because I was just trying to sort of dig into what the law means to us, what the law means to those who are not um, in our Christian world. And yes. then... And then, of course, the big picture is what, of Derek, is what the law means. Yes. Irrespective of who it is, it, the, the law is, is what it is. And what purpose does God have for? You know, it's, it's, it's one of the, the trickiest things to understand. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I, I, I think um, we need to understand that in, in one sense, God's law simply means God's righteousness, God's, God's nature. Mm. It, it, it describes you know, what God is like. So, you know, we, we got, it's not a negative thing in that sense. Yeah. Okay. But what we are saying is that um, whatever codification of the law you have, whatever set of rules that you set up, if you try and um, attain to God's standards by keeping these rules, you, know, you are set up for failure. 
mm. and you, you are, are set up for, for curse. Mm. You cannot achieve union with God that way. Mm. You have to receive it as a, as a free gift of righteousness mm. for yourself. Because there's another perspective on, on the law, the kind of higher criticism, that it, it just can't be right. <laughs> you know, that Leviticus and, and, you know, the various stipulations, you know, that's just um, has to be thrown out. So the very thing that's leading people to become conscious of sin is being debunked, as it were. Yes, yes. So we, we, we are living in a complex age where you know, to, to get the message of the gospel of salvation through the thicket of, you know, all of the confusions that the enemies put up. And this is one of them, that the, you know, Leviticus is absolutely passé. It was part of primitive, yeah. you know, civilization. And, you know, let's get rid yeah, of and, it. And you don't have to, I mean... Which what is undermining the whole, the whole continuum of, yes, of, of God's plan of salvation. Within the, within the law of Moses, and we're not under the law of Moses, no. we understand that, it's just for Israel, but within that was the moral law. There was yeah. also ceremonial laws and other things. Mm. And, and so there's, the moral law continues through uh, because that's the nature of God, which, which yeah. is love, and that's yeah. the moral law of love. So you don't have to you necessarily get people on certain verses on Leviticus. Yeah. But basically, you know, you appeal to people's conscience. Mm. But the conscience is based on the moral law. Now, there are, each person's conscience might be distorted a bit in certain areas yeah. by society and so on. But the, the core of, of the conscience of moral law, mm. you know, that you, that you should love your neighbor, it's still Im imprinted in people's conscience. Yeah. And also, if, if you, you know, they, they are aware of their failure yeah. to, to keep right. that. That's right. You know, so you don't have to necessarily target every particular sin, but um, right. everyone will know that mm. uh, uh, in their heart. And, and a kind of moral imperative to love God. So to love your neighbor, yeah. but to actually deal yes, with it. I, I, th I think we've, this has been good because we, we're coming now to, a, to, to yeah. an important point and, yeah. and, and Derek is absolutely right. Everybody, every living person knows where they've fallen short. Yeah. They just know. They might not be able to say mm. everybody has fallen short of the glory of God, but they know they have fallen short mm. and they try to push it aside and it, do better next day and everything. Yeah. And it's being able to say that can be dealt with. Yeah. You mm. realize that falling yes. short can be dealt with and you will never fall short mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. There you've got a routine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for indulging me <laughs> on, on just unpacking it a, a little more. We, we of, of course, have we given enough background to the, the real, the crunch verses? Well, yes, we, we, yes, well, we've done verse on. 10. Yeah. yeah, please do. Just very quickly. Um, but then he says in verse, so he says, you know, if you try and do the law method of yeah. salvation, you're just going to come under the curse. You're going to be rejected yeah. by God, condemned, and under death. Uh, and then he says, he quotes the law itself, which is that the just shall live by faith, mm. or the just by faith shall live, that's Habakkuk. Notice the two aspects, justification or righteousness, that's mm. the one thing we need, mm. versus condemnation is, is justification, and versus death, we need life. Yeah. So the just shall live by faith, mm. and there the law itself tells you 
that the way to get justified and to receive life is not by the works of the law, but it's by faith. Yeah. You see, so yeah. he's quoting the law itself to say the, the method that will work <laughs> is by faith. And therefore, he says, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. In other words, the law itself says that this is not the way to salvation. Yeah. All right. The way is through faith. And then it says in verse that's 12. Quite, that's quite profound, isn't it? Because but n not many people would see that it's within the law mm. that the just shall live by faith. Yeah. It's not faith versus, it's actually within the law. Yes. yes. That, that the just will live by faith. And, and the problem is, profound. is human it's nature in yeah. our pride, because <coughs> the Jews made this mistake, think that God gave me the law so that I can earn my own salvation mm. by keeping it perfectly. And of course, that's human pride and sin, actually, mm. Mm. making you actually more guilty. Yeah. But um, then it says in verse 12, yet the law is not of faith. In other words, this is a two totally different way, approach <coughs> to God, mm. law versus f faith, mm. because law is about what I can do. Faith is about trusting in what God has done mm. in grace two opposite approaches, and then he quotes the law again, which says, the man who does them shall live by them. So mm. that's the principle of the law. Mm. If you do them, and if you do them perfectly, yeah. then yes, you will live. Yeah. But of course, that's, Im that's impossible. It ain't gonna happen. So yeah. that's what he's saying, it's, it's a different method. Faith is not you doing anything, but receiving what God has done. But the method of the law is contrary to that, which is um, the man who does them shall live by them. Yeah, In other words, yeah. you'll get life yeah. from God if you, uh, if yeah. you do the law yeah. perfectly. And that kind of brings us then to, to the, um, the, curse. the big verses yeah. in yeah. verse yeah. 13 and 14. Yeah. But it's basically saying, <clears throat> it's setting up the problem in a way. It's mm. saying, well, if you try and do it, you're, you're bound to fail. Mm. So what is the answer? Because yeah. the law did serve a, a purpose of revealing that because of our sin, because we don't keep God's righteousness in our life, and we break our own conscience, and, and the standard of God is even higher than our conscience. That's right. <laughs> you know, but we, we, we yeah. break our conscience, so we are guilty. Um, and that means the law reveals that actually because of our sin, we are under a curse. So the way of grace has got to include a provision for our sin and our curse mm. if we are to inherit life. Yeah. So yeah, now we're, we're ready for... It's quite a profound statement again that God's standards are even higher than our conscience. Mm. Yeah. Because our conscience is, you know, limited. And we yeah. must not lose sight either. This is... Paul's unfolding argument to the Galatians, you know, it's all about appealing to them. Those who started in the spirit don't revert back to the, back to the flesh. And, you know, this is, and, and this, this is as relevant to us today as it was to the Galatian church. It's absolutely bang up to date because we are all, our natural inclination through the working of the flesh, which is not this, yeah. it's the soulish realm, yeah. Is to, is to put ourselves back under law. 
Yeah. We feel it's the right thing to do. We're not doing it because we're willfully wicked. Yeah. We actually feel it's the right thing to do, but it couldn't be more wrong, mm. as we will yeah. find out mm. a bit shortly. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, then it, we, it, we had one curse talked about those who are relying mm -hmm. on, you know, uh, observing the law in verse 10 <coughs> are under a curse. Curses everyone who doesn't continue to do it. But then it puts in another curse here. Well, it's all the same thing. It is the same, but, but it is. But he gives another aspect, you know, to illustrate it when he, in, verse, um, in verse 13. Well, he's giving the solution to the curse. Because yeah. okay. the truth is we're all under the curse yes. of God. Apart from Christ, yeah. we're under the curse of God because yeah. of our sin. Yeah. But he's making the point that anyone who is, tries to keep the law is certainly under a curse mm. because he's failing all the time. Mm. And, and so the problem is we are under the curse. We are under condemnation, apart from Christ that is. We are under condemnation and we're under death. We're under a death sentence. Mm. And so who can possibly save us from such a predicament? Yeah. Yeah. And the answer of course is, is to do with Christ and the cross. That's it, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, I, so I asked. I remember asking you just before the program, just trying to think of that that verse uh, about Satan has asked to sift you, yeah. and and the fact that Satan's in the mix, you know, and where there's a curse, <coughs> Satan is lurking. Mm. Of course, he is. Yes. And when the Lord, and I often mixed it up when I was younger, but when the Lord said to Peter, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Peter was, and it was over the issue of the cross. Mm. Um, Jesus saw something there within Peter, which we've got to all take note of. Yes. That, that, uh, as it were, the flesh, yes. wanting to say, you can't go to the cross. Never, you know, Lord, you can't go to the cross. It's pride. Or I'll never deny you. You know, that it, and then he says, Satan's... Yeah. Satan's in here, trying, trying to, trying to get you. But um, we, I know you're going to say a lot more on this subject. But I was just thinking that it just made when you mention the cross, and it, it mentions cursed of those are those on on the tree that there is that that curse of the the flesh of Satan, which is actually, as you say, it's not this um, flesh, but. There is something of Satan which is sort of yeah, insinuating very much, himself very much into, into, of Satan. And, into and, the storyline. We've, we, we've talked <coughs> quite properly about the, the, the overarching um, parameters, if you like, of, of the curse, and that ultimately they mean being condemned and separated from God. But within this life, they have consequences. And I think I said last week, if you don't believe me, um, it, it's not exclusively here, but in Deuteronomy 28, 29 and 30, you get the blessings in the first part of Deuteronomy yep. 28, I think it's first 16 or 17 yep. verses from memory. And then the rest is all outworking of the curse in your life here. Mm -hmm. So there is the, the big spiritual consequence and there is the manifestation in this realm of 
of, of the spiritual disobedience, if you like, and how it manifests physically in our lives. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, most of us have experienced one or more of those in our lives or in our families, and, and that's a good place to start because we can then work back from that. We begin to understand it with the help of the Holy Spirit, begin to understand that this actually has no legitimate place in our lives. And who's put it there? God hasn't put it there. Mm. It, it, it might have been there before we came to understand grace, um, but now it is illegitimate, and we know who it is who camps out on our territory without permission. Mm. And so, it, it, but you can't do it unless you understand. Yeah. We have to learn to abandon once and for all all thoughts of yeah. legalism, yeah. all thoughts of requirement that we have to obey the law. If you can't do that, you'll be trapped, and Satan will use he your gets, entrapment back. to trap you further. He gets back in. Yeah. yeah so. It's pro it's, there's an interesting yeah, verse because you're relating it to Satan. Yes, I yeah, think so. The curse cuts you off from life mm. and it, it, it brings you under Satan's dominion. And, mm. and the connection is pride, really. Yeah. Satan's a creature of pride. Um, to, and when we try and, as it were, live by keeping the law, mm. what we're doing is we are trying to establish ourselves. We're trying to establish our own righteousness. Mm. And, and it's pride, and pride puts you in the territory of the devil. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You see, and a classic verse on this, actually, because when people to ask me about Job, mm. the answer to me is about is Leviathan. And if you check it out in the cross-references, Leviathan's a picture of the devil. Yeah. And he basically reveals Leviathan, he reveals to Job, this is the problem behind your situation. It's the devil. Um, and he says, You've been trying to, he, Job had got into self-righteousness, I believe. And, and the very last thing that God says to Job that triggers his repentance. Chapter and verse. Chapter 41, Job 41. Yep. And he basically says, who, he make, kind of makes fun of Job for trying to fight the devil in his own strength, yeah. trying to operate on his own righteousness. You know, Job would say, look, God, I've done this and I've done this and I've kept all your requirements. What's going on, mm. you know? And um, so verse one. Verse, the very last verse mm. is the key verse I just want okay, to point okay. to because yeah. uh, there's a whole chapter where God is talking about Leviathan. Yeah. He beholds every high thing and it's really talking about the devil. Um, he is king over... Just again, because I'm not finding the verse. Just The very chapter. last verse of the chapter. Cha which verse chapter? 41. Yeah, got it. Verse 34. Great. He beholds every high thing and that's talking about his pride, yeah. and he is king over all the children of pride. Yes, classic. So, so important. So Job had actually got into pride. Yeah. yeah. On one hand, don't get me wrong, Job passed the test because he kept his loyalty to God mm. despite everything going wrong. And that was the, that's the main test in life through when you go through trials that you keep your loyalty to God. But Job had, it's clear in his speeches, he'd gotten into pride. Yeah. And God is saying, that's how you, that's how you open the door. Yeah. You got into pride and your own performance, mm. and Satan's king in that area, mm. you see. And, uh, and, and then Job humbles himself. Yes, yeah. And repents, and then God is able to bless him. Mm. Mm. So the, the way of legalism is the way of pride, and you're absolutely right, it gets you into the devil's territory. Yeah, very good. 
And you said about the humorous side, so, the, and I, so I was looking very at the fun. beginning of chapter yeah, 41, which is worth just reading. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, let's put ourselves oh, in our place. Wonderful. <laughs> just read the first couple of verses. So it's talking to Job yeah. of, of chapter 41, just showing how blooming difficult it is. And, and Job is probably devil. what we would think of as some kind of dinosaur yeah. uh, that the was Leviathan. still alive after the flood, and yeah. Job had experience of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook, you know, like you would go fishing? fishing. Yeah. <laughs> or snare his tongue with a, you know, with a, with a line which you lower. Yeah. Uh, can you put a reed through his nose or pierce his joy with a hook? You know, and, and he kind of makes, makes fun. He says, yeah. you, all your harpoons are useless. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got armor plating, you know. You think you can, you can take the devil on in your own yeah. strength. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. Your, your own, only hope is submit to God mm. because God is much more powerful than the devil. And mm. if you'll submit to God and trust in God and do it God's way, yeah. you, you will have the victory. Yeah. But if you're trying to do it in your own strength, you're, you're, you're going to get yourself in trouble. He's got a hook through your nose. <laughs> so, so we said right at the beginning about the fact that there is, are these alternative religions. And you know, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, the serpent said to them, you will be like God. Yeah. Mm. You know, yes. And that is the point. You can do it. Exactly. You, you can be like God and you don't need to listen to the, the, the instructions. You can do it yourself. And, th and th that's exactly how Paul characterizes it, I think, in Romans 10, that, the, that what the Jews did, the legalists, rather than submitting to the righteousness of God, which is given as a free gift through Christ, they try to establish their own righteousness. Mm. And, th and that's the spirit of pride, mm. so which may look moral on the outside, yeah. but it's, in its core, it's, it's pride. Yeah. It's very interesting you, you bring up the Garden of Eden because at the point when the devil was saying that, these two were righteous. Yeah. They, they were totally righteous, yeah. and yet and they were innocent, is it fair to say? Yes, and, and yet the devil deceived happened. them. And it, 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 it's like it's going to happen again when the scriptures say, even the elect will be deceived. Mm. It, it's really the parallel of what happened in the Garden of Eden. And, uh, and we call that the curse. Yes. You know, and so right at the beginning, that's where the, the curse came in on over yeah. all humanity. But it's sort of, you know, worked its way out in but, different uh, forms. But, but bringing, bringing what I've just said now d in, yes, in, into the book of Galatians, it, it, it shows the point that Paul is making, that these, these, these two were totally righteous before God. They, sin had not entered the world, and yet the devil could still deceive them. And so how much more is he going to be able to deceive us with his, this is the way? This is the way to do it. You still need to be circumcised. You still need mm. to, you know, to do this. You still need to pray seven times a day or whatever it is. Yeah. You still need to wash before you pray. I'm thinking of other religions that do this. Mm. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. If you don't do this, yeah. um, you won't be right. And it's all a lie. Mm. It's all a lie. And, and that's why we, we just have to, have to know the truth. We have to work at it. I have to ask the Lord, you know, pray those prayers in Ephesians. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Let me understand the glory and beauty of grace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there is no other answer. And the trouble is that a lot of the church says, 
you got to be careful in your te preaching grace. You got to be careful. Yeah. No, you haven't got to be careful. Licentiousness you, you, that's right. You haven't got to be careful. That is the devil talking. He does not like the message of grace because it defeats him totally. Yeah, very good. So here we, here we are. We're, we're, we, we've sort of alluded to the curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. We've got about 10 minutes. We might not cover it fully, but it's that verse that's, that's where it talks about. So, the Lord is verse 13. Yeah, exactly. Christ has redeemed us, Dundale, yeah. praise God, yeah. from the curse of the law, yeah. which is condemnation and death, um, separation from God's life and blessing. And how did he do it? Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Wow. So that's a quotation yeah. from Deuteronomy 21. Yeah. Shall we look yeah, at that? Yeah, let's have a look at it, please. Yeah. Um, Deuteronomy 21. Amazing Actually, that it's there. God puts that there. In the scriptures, right um, in the heart of, of the law of Moses. And God is, in, through this, God is demonstrating how the curse is removed. Mm. And I think we're looking at Deuteronomy 21, verse 21. Um, Verse 22. I've got it a bit further on, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, 21, start in 21. Yeah. Then all, this is talking about when somebody who's committed a, a sin, for instance, like murder, mm. the, the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So shall you put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. So the first principle is that when sin happens, mm. let's say a murder, mm. um, if that, that brings a curse on the land, on the community, yeah. um, unless that curse is removed, okay? Uh, and, uh, uh, and so this, the and evil needs on. to be put away, yeah. needs to be removed. Otherwise, it will stay. And of course, when, when terrible things happen, like innocent blood is shed, mm. that, that brings a curse on the land. Mm. But there is a way, God reveals a way for the removal of the curse. Yeah. Verse 22, if a man has committed a sin deserving of death and he is put to death and you will hang him on a tree. Yeah. Now that's a separate thing from the actual execution. Normally the Jews used, would use stoning. You put him to death. So stage one, he has to pay the penalty for his sin, mm. or someone does. Mm which is death. Number two, it, interestingly, uh, which normally would happen afterwards, his body would, would, would be hung on a tree. Yeah. So they would put him up on a tree mm. and hang him on a tree, which is an interesting custom, you know. Mm. But he, and, he goes... And that is um, as a sign to everyone that yes. this, this is the, the justice. Yes, and when you yes. think about how, how would they physically do it, imagine yourself yeah. there, you've got a dead body and you've got a tree. How are you, how are you going to fasten him to the tree? Mm. The chances are you're going to stretch out the arms and rope them yeah. to a branch. Mm. Mm. Just yeah. think about it's it practically. Yeah. That's almost yeah. certainly what they would do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the end of verse 23, we're jumping a little bit, <coughs> it says, for he who is hanged mm. is on a tree is cursed of God. Mm. So. That's the bit that, that Paul actually quotes, but he's referencing the whole passage, you see. Mm. 
notice the little bit before that, at the beginning of verse 23, but his body shall not remain mm. overnight on the tree. Exactly. It's amazing. So he's executed. <laughs> it is amazing. He's, he's hung wonderful. on the tree, and the hanging on the tree is an outward demonstration, as you say, that he has borne the curse of God. Mm. Mm. Okay, he, he is accursed of God. He's, he's taken the curse. And then, it, is, it says, as you say, then his body will not remain overnight on the tree, but you've got to bury him that same day before sunset so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. So this is the removal of the curse, you see. He's, this man has taken the penalty, which is death. He has been demonstrated that he is now the accursed one. He's taken the curse on himself. And then through burial, before the end of the day, the curse is, is put away. Mm. through his burial mm. and then the curse is removed and of course that's why Christ had to die yeah. and he, he died on the tree yeah. and Acts 5.31 and uh, 1 Peter 2.24 uses that language that he was hung on a tree mm. and then he w had to be buried before sunset that's why he had to be buried yeah. but that was the Jewish law that was constraining right. them and because he had to be bur he buried, he kept that law, and that means through his death and being hung on a tree and being buried, he removed the curse for us. The only other principle at work here is substitution, which is also in the, in the law, that in, instead of us dying for our own sin, God, through animal sacrifices, revealed the principle of substitution, that, that an innocent animal can take my place, mm. or a, which is a picture of Christ. He can take my place and take the curse for me. Yeah. So in Deuteronomy 21, it's the, it's the sinner who actually bears the curse mm. and is demonstrated in that way. Uh, but uh, it's also legal for someone, Christ the Redeemer, praise God, to, to take my place, yes. take the curse for me. But he had to die in that way, in that prescribed mm. way. He had to die, he had to be hung on a tree, and he had to be buried before sunset, fulfilling Deuteronomy 21. Shall I tell you, one of the most profound um, holy sites that you can visit in, in Israel is actually in Jordan, and it's there on Mount Nebo where Moses um, died. And they have, outside the church, they have this iron structure of a cross with a serpent on it. Mm. And, and, you know, it just says it all, that that's the serpent, the curse, is there. It's on, on, mm. on the cross, and it's yes. defeated. Yes. Mm. Judged. It's quite, there's quite, it's quite a structure, that is. And I'm not into many of these old religious relics, but that one says a great deal, and connecting it to Moses, mm. who, who, who basically had that, it's probably too much to go into now, but he, he, had, he had his rod, which became a serpent when he threw it down. Yes. So things that are close to him, that was part of him, was thrown down. He put his hand into his tunic and it was diseased. So right in his heart, he, he, it was diseased. And then, a symbol of the flesh. 
symbol of pride, a symbol of, of you know, his achievements and working it, things out himself. Uh, and, and then he used that rod at that point where God said, speak to the rock, and he struck the rock as Peter struck the ear of the servant in the flesh. Mm. Because that, that rod, as it were, became a serpent again. Mm. And he, the serpent, rose up within him. The curse was there. The pride was there. Yes. The achievement was there. And, but there on Mount Nebo, the place where Moses died, there's this, there's this little mm. um, cult sculpture, really, of, of a serpent on the cross, yeah. which we know ultimately was the Lord taking the mm. curse. But I think it's a lesson to all of us that the devil will insinuate, as he did with Adam and Eve, into each of our lives and bring out this curse in different forms. Yes. To rob us. And he will, he, he will. That, that example of Moses hitting the rock actually is a, is a good one because for, for the first, he had to hit the rock the first time. The rock is a type of Christ. Mm. The rock that mm. pours forth water, living water, is a type of Christ. The first time he had to hit it. Yeah. The second time he was told to speak to it, and of course he was up to high dough because this yeah. crowd behind him were driving him potty. I have every yeah. sympathy, <laughs> every sympathy with Moses, but the point is he's, he struck the type a second time and he was only crucified once. Mm. We cannot put Christ back upon the cross from now on you speak to him. Mm. The, the typology there is deep and profound mm. and it's all part of really what we're talking mm. about. And then, and then there's the other yes. one, which we spoke about just very briefly over a cup of tea earlier, and that was on the, the serpent on the pole, um, you know, where yes. they were healed. That's what, that was the, the one desert. on Mount Nebo. Yeah. Yes, but, the, but also when they had to look to this brazen yes. Um, yes. So, serpent. So what you've got, the story is in... Literally numbers. in the last minute, but let's uh, do our num best. Numbers 20. Next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll probably yeah. see it next week. But Numbers 21 talks about these serpents that yep. represent Israel's sin, mm. and the they, they were bitten, and the, these are fiery serpents that the, serp, the poison made yep. them sick and, yep. and die. And that's a picture of the curse. Yep. And the antidote to the curse, the solution, was that Moses was told to put up the bronze serpent on the cross. Bronze is the metal of judgment, so mm. when they saw that serpent, they saw their sin and the curse on their sin judged. Mm. That's bronzed. That's it. And when they saw it, that's a picture of Christ on the cross, taking our curse. And when we see him taking our sin and our curse, then we can receive yeah. life. Amen. Okay, so that was a bit of a, a concertina of a lot of profound thoughts. But be blessed that the Lord has taken the curse. And don't take that curse back onto yourself. Bless you and we'll see you next week. <laughs>